Welcome back to the High School Business and Personal Finance Teachers podcast brought to you by Knowledge Matters, an e-dynamic learning company. You can learn more about virtual business simulations at www.knowledgematters.com. And this is a podcast where we talk to high school business, personal finance, and marketing teachers about their teaching careers and tips and tricks they have for teaching business and personal finance to high school students. Today, we're speaking with Tim Brickley, a business teacher at Johnston High School in Johnston, Iowa. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Sure, absolutely. Well, can you tell us about your original path to becoming a teacher? Sure, sure. Uh, so I guess originally I'm uh, so I'm from Johnston, Iowa, so uh, is where I teach now, but originally I was from Northeast Iowa, I was from a little town called New Hampton. Uh, I ended up at UNI, which is University of Northern Iowa, and I wasn't sure, I knew I wanted to do something in business, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so um, the summer between my sophomore year and my junior year in college, I did a thing called Camp Adventure, where you run kids camps on military installations across the country and the nation or in the world. And so I ended up in Anchorage, Alaska, running a kid's camp for nine-year-olds. I had, (laughs) I had 15, 15, nine-year-olds. I was in charge of them for 45 hours a week and I, I was good at it and I liked kids, Um, but I still wanted to do something in business. And so that led me down the road of when I went back to you and I then in the fall that I went into business teaching. That's great. Well, how long have you been teaching it at your current position? So this is the only job I've ever had. This is so <laughs> I, I am so not, um, I, you can tell I'm, this is my 23rd year. Some, uh, uh, some 45. So this is the only job I've ever had, which is so different than most people in their careers. So yes, I, uh, I started when I was a little kid and now I'm a middle-aged guy and That's I'm still great. doing it. <laughs> So can you tell us what classes you currently teach? Sure. Um, I've got this, uh, I teach this entrepreneurship class um, and it's tied in with the University of Northern, or not the University of Northern Iowa, I'm sorry, the University of Iowa. I'm tied in with the University of Iowa so the kids can get three credits through um, the University of Iowa in their entrepreneurship program. So I teach three of those and then I teach uh an advertising and sales class. I got a couple of those. And then I teach a sports and entertainment marketing class. So right now, those are my three preps. And I'm curious, have you um, always taught those classes or what have you what have you taught over the years different from what you're teaching now? I've done some computer stuff earlier on. Um, and now we have, within my staff, we probably have some people that are a little stronger when it comes to that. I've always taught some marketing things. I've done some video production a, a while ago, but the entrepreneurship class, uh, another teacher and I created about seven years ago, and now he's gone to somewhere else. And so it's just me uh, teaching it. So entrepreneurship, but the two marketing classes have been kind of created by me. Like, uh, we, you know, so maybe this is one of the reasons I haven't left the job is since I kind of created those, uh, uh, like, uh, the curriculum and what I want with those classes, uh, I feel real tied to them. So I'm always worried that if I were to go somewhere else, you know, do I get the same thing? Right. Right. So how does your teaching change last year with the pandemic? Uh, 
Well, I, I'm sure all of us had it um, different ways that they were doing things. Um, I'd say two things that I, I did um, that changed it quite a bit was trying to figure out how to have kids do individual work at home. Like if, if they were home, um, but still be tied into the class. So again, a lot of, I had a lot of classes where I'd have kids on zoom while I was teaching kids in person. So I think that changed kind of how my look at things were. And then the other thing is, is that with the advent of zoom and doing different things like that, I realized that I had a chance to get more speakers into my classes. Like people didn't have to come out to school to talk to my kids in class. And so I did a entrepreneurial speaker series where I got 10 different entrepreneurs to talk to my classes. And so, um, the kids would research the person and formulate questions, and then they would be the ones to ask the questions. And I, uh, I thought that was, that was one of the things that I'm most proud of that I came up with it. And then I pushed it through where, I mean, it took a lot of legwork to get these 10 different entrepreneurs. And some of them were my neighbors across the street mm-hmm. where I live. And some of them were friends of mine from long ago. And some of them were just straight cold calls who I was just like, Hey, I hear you run a business. I'd like to have you do this. So that, that was a really good experience. Yeah, that's great. The, the way that Zoom has, has allowed people to, to do those kind of quote unquote kind of drop in visits and answer questions. Um, and make that whole process a lot easier. So that's great. Uh, I'm curious, how is your curriculum structured uh, with the classes that you teach? Do you use a, a textbook? Uh, mostly no. Um, on on none of them, I really used a cl- uh, a textbook. Um, uh, I'll go with the entrepreneurship one first. Uh, there is some curriculum through the University of Iowa that I get to use. And so I use that, um, and that, that gives me some of the curriculum background stuff. We found, we do some competitions so that the kids are, they have to come up with business ideas and, and they have to try out their stuff on some different, uh, you know, pitch their business ideas. So we do a little bit of those things. And then also, um, here, here you go for the knowledge matters. We use the knowledge matters platform a lot where either we use the, like the last spring, we used the all access, um, the all access challenge. We did some of that work. And then also, um, and this goes for my ad and sales and my sports entertainment marketing classes is that what I do a lot of the times is that students will do the simulation, but then I'll have an extension worksheet where they have to then, um, and this really is in, uh, the ad and sales and the sports entertainment marketing an extension worksheet or some extension questions where they have to go find me a real live example of it. So like, uh, we use the sports entertainment marketing, um, simulation and there's one about ingress and egress and bottlenecks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I make the kids go find different articles and different stories about when there have been bottlenecks. So we, we do a whole case study on, there was a, this is right before the pandemic. There was a hockey game at, it was in Colorado Springs and it was for the Colorado Avalanche and it was an outdoor game and they couldn't get everybody in. Then there was no food and drink once they got into the game. And 
then they couldn't get out. And so like, it, that's one of the things I've done is I've tried to take something from the simulation, take some of that content, but then make it real world applicable for them. That's really great. I'm curious, how does your, how does your curriculum and your lessons plan, lesson plans change year to year? Um, are you updating as you go through the year? How does that work? Yeah, I do a lot of that. Um, I guess I'm probably, um, spending most of my time trying to figure out what is the next thing I should be covering and what thing do I not cover anymore? So like, you know, if you're doing something on the music industry, well, I can tell kids about what's it like to own a CD. Or a, <laughs> and now I know vinyl records are back in sure, style, sure. but like you, 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 you talk about streaming and you talk about, you know, different things that way. So I think I spend most of my time. I try to stick to kind of some core concept stuff where like, you know, the marketing mix, that concept's not going to change, but what's going to change is what are we going to talk about? And so, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time trying to find new, um, uh, new concepts to, or not new concepts, but new content so that it seems more up to date and it doesn't seem that I'm just showing, you know, it's like that old film strip that you saw in high school that you think that your parents saw. I try not to do that. So I'm trying to do some updating as sure. I go. Um, I'm curious, do you have state standards that you have to map your, uh, curriculum and, uh, and lesson plans to, uh, not so much state standards. We do, I do a lot with the, the N, uh, B E A. So the, the national, uh, right. business education, you know, kind of standards and curriculum stuff. And, and so I try to tie within there, um, is, is what I have to do. I don't have specifically like Iowa doesn't have here's for sure what you're going to need. Um, they have some 21st century skills that they want us to do, but you know, a lot of those you really hit no matter what you're doing, especially like in an entrepreneurship class where you're having kids pitch, you're having them communicate, you're having them, um, have some client based stuff. And so, uh, that's usually what I've been doing. Gotcha. Um, I'm curious if you had a first year business teacher come up to you and ask you for one piece of advice for them as they kind of launch their teaching career, what would you tell them? Uh, one, it's not a race. Um, uh, so I guess I have two pieces of advice. One is it's not a race. So um, pace yourself and try to, try to get some wins early on with some of your curriculum stuff. So you might not have the greatest lesson every day, but try to have some things that you're really proud of that you're really into. Um, so kind of base some stuff maybe around things that interest you because it'll be more the kids will notice your interest in it. They might not be interested in it, but your energy can catch within the curriculum. And my second piece with that is the gamification or how you have kids compete in your classroom and not in a bad way, like not that they're like cutthroat going to want to mm -hmm. always beat yeah. each other, but like there is something to be said for some competition stuff. I'm just having it today in my classes where we're working on, it was on a simulation and, and the, the leaderboard was up on, I put it up on the screen. And so you could see who's winning and who's losing a little bit. And 
you could tell that kids were into it that way. And, <laughs> and so like, I, I always, I always like doing something like that. That's great. Well, what keeps you excited about teaching? Uh, without a doubt, it's, it's definitely not, uh, um, it's definitely the kids that keep me interested. It's not sometimes the other stuff. Uh, it is my interactions with students every day um, and making a connection or um, just having them succeed in different ways. I have an entrepreneurship student who's not in class right now. She was in last year. She stopped by today um, and she sells, I don't know how to describe it, but she sells like art pictures where she uses mm -hmm. uh, uh, colored glass from the sea like you know how you can get like they wash up on the seashore so like and she makes these wonderful paintings and stuff and so she's like hey i'm gonna be at this art fair this weekend i just wanted to give you this here's a here i would i if you get a chance i'd love to have you come by i was like oh this is so great and i'll see what i can do and just that like to have she knew I was excited about her idea last year and for her to come back and find me this year, even though she's not in class. So it's without a doubt, it's, it's that interactions with students. Uh, and some of the other stuff doesn't always excite me. You know, there's the paperwork aspect of it and, and some of those different things. But man, interacting with students and when you get in it long enough, like I'm 23 years in, so now I'm starting to you know, I'm going to start teaching some of their kids that I taught. And, <laughs> and so I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. And so, um, it's been kind of fun. I like, I just, it's good to run into kids in other, you know, outside in the world or students and just be like, oh my gosh, you're doing so well. Good for you. And, you know, they'll either remember a funny story that I did something stupid in class or that they, you know, that they liked something. And that's what I, that's why I keep coming back for it every year. That's great. Well, you talked about the virtual simulations, and I know that you use the simulations with your students. Um, and you've talked about using them, using them for competition where you put up the leaderboard as they're working on the simulation. And you also talked about uh, having them kind of expand from specific uh, modules of the simulation. You, you mentioned specifically the ingress and egress. I'm curious, um, besides those two examples, how exactly do you use the simulations in your classes day to day? Um, I don't know if we use them every day, um, sure. but, uh, let's in my entrepreneurship classes, um, well, one, we, we had a really, when you had the all access challenge last spring, that was a really good couple of weeks for students. And it, it wasn't all my students that did them. Um, if they had a business going or they had customers that they needed to provide something for they could work on that but if you weren't working on that it was um i was like okay then i'm gonna have you work on the all access the mega mobile challenge and you know at first it's not easy and so students struggled but it was kind of fun to see the perseverance so how they they came through it and so that's one of them we use now with uh um some of the stuff for my advertising and sales class, like there is a retail simulation on um, right. retailing. And so we use that. We probably go through a simulation or two a week. So like, um, so I guess how I would use it, um, 
So like yesterday in class, we watched a piece, a little documentary on supermarkets from CNBC. And it was, it's a really good documentary and it's talking about purchasing and merchandising. Um, and we had just watched one about Costco and that one also talks about purchasing and merchandising. So then we, after watching those documentaries and there was some connection stuff we did, then we worked on the simulations. And so that then we have, so we'll use that, you know, the, we'll make the connection to the outside world with the stores documentary. Then we'll have um, the students do the simulations and then the kind of the connector or the, what, what would they call it? The summative, um, <laughs> the summative test or whatever it would be the summative assessment. Um, that's the right word. The summative assessment will be, there is a new development going up in Johnston. And so they have to pick a store that they think, or a restaurant that could go into this new strip of stores. And then they have to tell me about what purchases and what things they would merchandise in the store or what they would purchase. And then what like food they would have as their merchandising in a restaurant. And then what security, um, features they would use which it goes into the security and risk management simulation and then the last one talks about financing and so then if it's a chain they have to tell what are the um uh to be a franchise what are the responsibilities and and going into that so that's kind of our summative is they have to pick them something and do the research from the internet so it kind of how mine usually goes is that there's a connection to something that's already a store then we work on the simulation and then we try to make a connection back out to the real world where they then have to create something. That sounds great. A lot of reinforcement there. Yes. I'm, I'm curious, do you remember how you first learned about virtual business simulations? That's a great question. Jeez. Oh. That's <laughs> by saying that's a great question. That's the, the greatest podcast filler as you try to think of where it comes from that's right there that's a pure that's a pure podcast you could tell i've listened to a ton because i did that right there oh yeah. the guys from the press box podcast would be right now laughing at me because they this is, this is exactly what they say um i have to believe i got an email or something gotcha. and i was like this is interesting and then i think I just, I think I, it was like, it was near a spring break and I signed up to like, could I get a free trial of this? And I was like, I think this really would work. And I got, maybe I just got like just one strand of it, not the whole, cause now we get the whole package and sure. other teachers in my department, we're all using it. And we have it in our intro to business class. We have it in our, um, financial literacy class. Uh, uh, they do a little bit with it. Um, our accounting classes do a little bit. I definitely use it a ton. Um, but I think it was, I just signed up and then over spring break, I did it and I was like, okay, this would work. And then that first year, I was like, I have to do every simulation before the kids do it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is, I am not getting anywhere. Like I couldn't keep up plus doing my other <laughs> stuff. So one of the things, if you're ever using these, this is one of the things like, you have to humble yourself and say, I don't know kids. And like, I had it, I had a student just a few minutes ago. Well, you're the teacher. Aren't you supposed to know? And I go, yeah, I kind of remember this, but like, let's ask somebody who's done it. So yeah. I'm always about, Hey, 
not just give each other the answers, but can you help each other work through the process? Yeah, it's interesting. Some people call us up and ask us, like, what's the answer to this simulation? And they're always surprised when we explain to them that it, it's not as simple as pushing one lever. That no. min, many of these simulations have literally hundreds of data points going on at one time to simulate an actual business. So you you literally have to like work through multiple steps and and you know and try to solve it from multiple angles but that's interesting and i you always have to try to figure out like hey what was like a kid will come up he doesn't work and then money what's what's the <laughs> and i'll be like i won't know and i'll be like well let's let's go look at your social media ads and then those look right and then i'm like well show me inside your business oh looks like they have the stuff well show me your employment and it can be just one little thing wrong. They hired right. too many people. They didn't hire enough. Or you know what? I, like it's usually yeah, yeah. just one little data point, and then like that's the difference between winning and losing. And if you start talking to people who run businesses, it might not be that small, but it's close. It, right. it can really be that close. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what we try to do. I mean, we when we build a simulation, we talk to a lot of people within the industry that we are simulating to, to talk about what are the, you know, core issues of the business so that we can kind of model those within the simulation. Uh, well, that's all the questions I had. I, I'm, I'm just curious do, and wonder, do you have any final words of wisdom that you might want to share for any other high school business teachers who are listening? Uh, let me see. Well, well, it's a it's an isolating little world right now, but I'm not kidding you. With Zoom, you can talk to people. So if anyone hears this, seriously, I'm sure you can find. I'm sure there's a Google search that you could find Tim Brickley at Johnston High School, and you could get my email. Send me an email. I'll Zoom with you. But my best thing is is to try to connect with others and to try to connect with people in business, um, and not just. Try to, I think it's been very good for me to talk to some of my neighbors are younger. Some of the people I know are younger that are starting businesses and just how it's different than maybe it was in my day, um, like 20 years ago, uh, if you were to start a business that I think that's always a big key is to try to keep listening. Um, podcasts are a great place. Um, the internet's a great place, but yeah. I guess if I don't know if that was a, I, I, I wish I could take back that words of wisdom. I don't know if it was very good, but that's what I got. Get no, connected that, with others. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Tim Brickley, business teacher at Johnston High School in Johnston, Iowa. And Tim, thanks for doing this interview. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks.